0: Welcome to Dear Empath with Gus Baxter. On this weekly podcast, we discuss all things personal, spiritual, and professional growth and break down these philosophies into everyday language we can all understand. Let's walk on this journey together. In this three-part series, I will cover three emotional states and the messages that we can find there. I want to start by acknowledging our sources for today, Becoming an Empath by Carla McLaren and the American Psychological Association, which you can find at www.apa.org. As empaths, we learn that emotions are a language unto themselves. Increasing our emotional intelligence will serve to expand our understanding of ourselves. Learning the language of emotions gives you a chance to step back in the heat of the moment, check in with yourself, listen to that message, and then move forward with clarity. Increasing your emotional intelligence will also aid you in helping and healing other people. As you become more confident in identifying and acknowledging these emotions within yourself, you will be able to more readily identify and acknowledge them in other people. This gives you a chance to strike at the heart of the matter, allowing for validation, understanding, and healing when working with other people. Over the next few episodes, we will discuss anger, sadness, and fear you can think of each of these as greater emotional categories that break down into the myriad of emotions we feel every day. On today's episode, we are starting with anger. As we dive into these topics, I want you to know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Maybe this brings up a memory for you from a time when you were mistreated. Or maybe this brings up a memory of a time when you mistreated someone else. These episodes may connect deeply with what you're walking through currently. No matter your emotional response, I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay to feel whatever it is you feel. Is it uncomfortable? Does it make you recoil? Well, good. If learning about ourselves and challenging our perspectives was easy, then everybody would be a master by now. It's okay if you want to pause this episode and pick it up later. You are a part of this community, along with every listener out there, and although you may not be next to each other, you are sharing this same space and you are supported. Anger is a physical emotion. When we get angry, we get red in the face, we get hot and sweaty, our heart pounds in our chest, our jaw clenches, you may feel adrenaline running through your body, like a flight or fight response. Anger can transform us into something else, like an incredible hulk of our own creation. In our evolutionary past, anger and its common physical manifestations would have been useful. If a neighboring tribe were to invade your village, anger could give you the strength to overcome the threat. When food was scarce, anger could give you the boost needed to protect what you had gathered that day from would-be thieves. Anger is often paired with words related to fire. Anger can be hot. You can be red with anger. This is a reflection of how this emotion can so drastically affect us physically. You learn to wield this fiery emotion at a young age. Anyone who has been around a toddler, especially before they learn to speak, knows how quickly these kids learn to use anger. It is key to expressing that something is wrong. At that age, anger acts like an alarm system with no control box. Everything has the potential for a full system alert. As you grow up, you learn to develop an internal control box that lets you discern the level of response. Depending on the environment that you learn this discernment in, what you consider a healthy expression of anger could vary between suppressing it to exploding. You may have been told to go cool off, or take a time out in response to anger. You may have learned to just avoid people who are angry, or that anger is something you should hide away. Today, we're gonna challenge some of those experiences. Let's talk about some anger misconceptions. Anger is a negative emotion. It's bad to feel angry. No, not at all. Your emotional response as a whole are neither good nor bad. It represents another way our body is trying to communicate with us. It is normal to feel anger from time to time. Many people associate anger as a negative emotion because of the ways in which they have seen people express their anger. And the thought of doing the same thing when they get angry can be very scary. Anger is the same as aggression. One can precede the other, but anger is an emotion, while aggression is an action. Our emotions are responses to what is happening in our life. You can't so much control them as you can work with them. Aggression, which can feel very fiery like anger, is an action you choose to take. Although you can sometimes feel out of control, the choice to be aggressive, to choose violence either physical or verbal, does lie with you. Venting your anger releases it, and ignoring your anger will make it go away. For these two misconceptions, I like to imagine anger as the fire under a tea kettle. As a response to someone or something, you can get angry, and that turns the fire on under the kettle. Ignoring your anger will cause the water to boil, and the kettle will whistle. Okay, you can vent some of your anger. Maybe you go for a run or hang out with some friends. And in doing so, you release some steam inside the kettle. But in both of these cases, you never tended to the root cause the fire underneath the kettle. No matter how much you ignore or vent, the water will continue to boil again and again. How do you tend to that fire under the kettle? You need to listen to the messages that anger is trying to tell you. Anger is letting you know that a boundary has been crossed, either by someone else or by yourself. The questions you need to ask of anger are, what needs to be restored and what boundary must be enforced? Anger is very focused on our sense of self. When we know who we are, we consciously and unconsciously set up boundaries or expectations. When we look at what needs to be restored, we can find ourselves in an uncomfortable place. This question comes up most frequently when you have either crossed your own boundary and hurt someone else or failed to act. You may recall a time in your life when you stepped outside your own boundary your own sense of who you are, and said something that hurts someone else. The resulting anger can be very confusing. Without a clear target, you can feel lost, upset for no reason. If you ask yourself, what needs to be restored? You may find that in taking this action, you stepped outside of your defined sense of self. But I would never normally do that, you might tell yourself. In this case, amends need to be made not only for the benefit of the one who was hurt, but also for yourself. Making amends, saying you're sorry, can help to acknowledge the impact of your action and restore that internal boundary. You may also experience a need to restore a boundary when you fail to act. I know in my own history, I have been in situations where someone has said or done something that has made me very angry. As much as I wanted to defend myself or say something, I held back. Maybe I held back because I didn't want to make a scene, or because I needed to keep a certain decorum at work. Either way, I let this action happen, and I didn't do anything about it. If this has happened to you, this can leave you feeling angry for the rest of the day. This can spin the cycle of thoughts that start with, Well, what I would have said was, And you replay that moment again and again in your head which only makes you feel more angry and more upset. The question to ask yourself here is, what needs to be restored? This person or situation challenged your sense of self, and for whatever reason, you were unable to respond and enforce that boundary. Anger will show you the boundary that has been broken and how to repair it. A boundary may need to be enforced when someone intentionally or unintentionally Crosses that boundary. For example, Christine Smith is a VP of Company X. She takes pride in her professional identity that she has worked for many years to cultivate. In order to support that identity, Christine prefers to be called by her last name at work. This week, a new hire starts and calls her Christine and not Mrs. Smith. When someone calls her by her first name, whether intentional or unintentional, This action breaks that boundary and challenges her sense of self. In this example, Mrs. Smith could ask herself, what boundary needs to be enforced? When she quiets down and connects with herself, anger will reveal this boundary to her, and she can confidently and clearly express that at work. She prefers to be called by her last name. In doing so, she is listening to the message of anger And enforcing the boundary that was broken. You might hear this and think, that's it? So she was called by her first name and not her last name. Is that really a big deal? Our emotions don't know the difference. Remember the example of the toddler? Everything to that toddler is make or break. Everything is a big deal. Anger retains that childlike experience where everything is a big deal. Our minds as we grow up, become the control box that regulates that experience. I would argue that being called by your last name at work is a very common boundary, and there's nothing wrong with sending a quick email or pulling that person aside to express yourself. This is a healthy expression of anger, and a restoration of that boundary. When you don't give yourself an opportunity to have a healthy expression of anger, things can go haywire. Think back to the tea kettle example. Anger, as the fire underneath the kettle, is not going to go away. You have to actively face it and resolve it. When you ignore anger, it can go underground and become more subversive. Subversive forms of anger can slip by or fester about because you don't think to acknowledge it as anger. These forms include jealousy, passive-aggressive behavior, and apathy. Jealousy challenges your sense of self because you often see in others what you expect for yourself. A healthy expression of this can be a challenge or a goal to work towards. Jealousy can easily go unnoticed and brushed off as something common. Instead, work towards acknowledging this emotion and asking yourself the questions of anger. What needs to be restored? What boundary must be enforced? With jealousy, You may find the message has to do with restoring your own boundaries. You may have lost your sense of self, becoming too caught up in the lives of other people. This form of anger can help you to slow down and disconnect, to unmesh yourself from the lives of other people around you and reconnect with who you are. Passive aggressive behavior is the expression of anger that results from not communicating properly. Instead of speaking your truth loud and clear, passive-aggressive behavior makes sharp comments and digs at those around you, without taking accountability for your feelings. When you ask this form of anger the important questions, you may find that you need to restore a boundary of respect, both internally and externally. Apathy is expressed by turning away from the world, lacking enthusiasm or concern this is a form of anger when we ask ourselves what needs to be restored, what boundary must be enforced. You can find that the response sounds fairly logical at first. If we press further, these questions can bring up tremendous anger about the state of the world and the helplessness you may feel in response to it. The path from apathy can be a slow reconnection with the world carefully resetting one boundary at a time. Anger takes an active form in frustration, rage, and fury. Anger takes an active form in frustration, rage, and fury. I call these active forms because they are very physical expressions of this emotion. When we ask these forms of anger the important questions, we may need to put some force behind them. We may find that the roots of this anger lead us back into our past, to events where boundaries were never restored or enforced, and the anger was allowed to fester this whole time. Anger can be internalized as shame or guilt. You may have been taught to run away from shame or guilt. These emotions don't feel good, so they certainly must be negative emotions. Shame and guilt revolve around trespassing our own boundaries, which is why they can hurt so much. If you can stop running from these emotions and stand strong to face them, then you can see how honorable these emotions are. Shame and guilt are giving you a chance to restore your broken sense of self, and they are straight to the point about it. So now we've covered anger and its corresponding questions how do we use this information? Rarely will you be in a situation, especially one involving other people, where you can say, hold on, I need to check in with my emotion and hear its message. We don't always get time in the moment to reflect. If you can delay a response, take a break, go for a walk, or deal with it later, it can be best to take that opportunity to better understand yourself. If not, Do the best you can in the moment, and reflect later. When it comes to reflecting on situations that made you angry, avoid the cycle of replaying and reliving the anger. We all do it. Driving home from work, thinking, you know what I would have said, I would have said. This cycle runs around our head, making it harder and harder to see the way out. Avoid it. One method. For connecting with yourself is journaling. Take out a notebook, pen and paper, open up a document on your computer or phone. Write down what is going through your head. Write down the event and what happened. Write down how you feel. When you feel like you're entering into a calm space and you can see this with some objectivity, ask yourself, what needs to be restored? What boundary must be enforced? Let the answers flow onto the paper. You can talk to yourself. You can do this while you meditate, when you're in the shower, or on your drive home. You can talk out loud or in your head. Use this time to ask the important questions. Pretend you're talking to a knowledgeable friend or a coach and have a conversation. What kind of questions would they ask you? How would you answer? You can also take this into a healing session. Whether you see a coach or a therapist or some other form of healing practitioner, you can take these questions into that session and use that time to connect with yourself. No matter what method you choose, make time to do this. Whether you want to set aside 30 minutes to journal and connect with yourself, or you want to spend 10 minutes on your evening walk thinking about anger and your boundaries, this work is important. When you create a practice, it can seem difficult at first, but the more you practice, it becomes easier. The more you practice getting connected and listening to yourself, it will start to become second nature to you. You will be able to use these skills with greater ease. For the next week, challenge yourself to face your anger when it comes up. Ask yourself, what needs to be restored? What boundary must be enforced? Journal, talk to a professional, talk to yourself, or just think about it. You will be surprised what information comes up. The emotions are a language, and you are taking the first steps in understanding it. Dear Empath with Gus Baxter is a product of Atlas Readings, LLC. You can find out more information at www.atlasreadings.com or at patreon.com slash atlasreadings.